Warning, you have just entered The Bold Cast. Aiming at creating your best self, The Bold Cast is hosted by David Kelly and Haristo Penchev. Is likely for you. Live your boldest life. Hello guys to the second installment of The Bold Cast. Hopefully there's more than three people listening to us today. <laughs> I, I strongly hope so that you're back after our first episode. I mean, we really believed it was a really good one. So hopefully you, you thought that as well. How, how are you today, Dave? I'm good, man. I, uh, I've had a good day so far. I didn't sleep so great last night, but for some reason, my energy seems to be pretty good. So that's always a good uh, win-win situation. Win Do you have a productive day? Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> I got my taxes done, which I've been hey. dreading because I had like 40 different things I had to do for that. So uh, I always seem like I'm not, I'm not somebody who usually waits to the last minute to do things. But with taxes, I pretty much do that. So I think I'm going to pay somebody next year. <laughs> I think we again, we share some similarities even with this, with this aspect, to be fair. We don't like busy work. I think that's, Jesus, the, that's, yeah. the, uh, that's probably why I didn't become an accountant. I think so. Yeah, it's sure. kind of unnecessary, I guess. But oh, well. <laughs> how's your day? <laughs> productive day for you? Uh, it was productive. It was frustrating. It was enjoyable. So pretty much a very, <laughs> so a a very day. normal day <laughs> yeah. for us. You know? All you gotta do now is cry at the end of the night, and I think that's a pretty good day. Hey, this is this is how <laughs> I finish my routine every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually a great place to start because um, it is. <laughs> well, not crying, but hopefully, you know, sometimes <laughs> this can be crying can be a result of what we're about to talk about here. But oh, yeah. um, you know, you and I pretty regularly talk about anxiety, and mm -hmm. I'm interested to see for you, you know, what a when it's you know when you notice it starting for you. Is it a recent thing? Is it something that has been there for a long time for you, or you know? Is it just something you've, all, like I said, like you've always dealt with or is it just now becoming a thing? Um, honestly, I think I've been a very anxious person since I remember. It's always been such a massive trait of my character. You know, I, and I think this is coming from the fact that both you and I, and they, I'm sure that there, there are so many people that can relate to that. We are very concentrated on perfecting every single detail of yeah. whatever we do in life, you know? Yep. We're so concentrated on achieving the best possible results with, with whatever we're doing. So, you know, I started noticing being very anxious about the tiniest things, the tiniest aspects of what I do since I was a little kid, I would say. Right. And um, with the time, you know, considering my constantly, you know, constantly improving schedule, the more and more intense routine with the time, uh, I just noticed that my anxiety was getting stronger and stronger as well. And at some point, especially the first time when you are, you know, when you are having the obstacle of going through this sort of uh, level of anxiety it's such an overwhelming experience oh, and yeah. it it yep. massively affects how you feel how you think it massively affects every decision that you, you're considering regardless of its nature so you know i would say that um i'm still struggling with it i won't lie you know i'm teaching myself to control it more to be in control of the whole process to not let it um, you know, be in charge of my decisions and my emotions and my feelings. 
but it's still a process. I'm still not reaching the levels of control that I want to, uh, you know, I want to possess. But it's it's definitely getting better. Um, obviously, there's some moments that are really, really bad, really overwhelming as well. And I've noticed that this is happening. And obviously, it makes sense where, this, you know, I've been involved in very stressful routines, in very hectic processes and uh, procedures and whatnot. So, you know, I think it's it's definitely part of my character. It's definitely something that I strongly believe will always be there somewhere, regardless of how much I control it or how yeah. much I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm wanting to deal with it. But, um, you know, uh, rather than, rather than in the past where I was, you know, so afraid of it, I can say that I'm in a position where I'm just embracing it and I am accepting its effect on me ah, and I'm yes. just trying to minimize it and just to objectively acknowledge that this is not something that, you know, I should let control me in, in any way or fashion. I think you know? that's absolutely, you know, acceptance, I think, is the, in, in any really mm -hmm. battle or any weakness is, is has to be the first thing. I mean, yeah. you know, I... I was about to say this is funny. It's not funny. One of my mm -hmm. friends was recently in um, was in rehab for a drug problem. But anyway, they they all basically imply that, uh, they implement the like twelve stage um, like Alcoholics Anonymous mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, type of thing. And the first stage of that, if I believe, is um, is uh, acceptance. So they, you know yeah. you have to accept that it's a problem, mm -hmm. and if you can accept it's a problem, then you can work to try to find a solution, right? Yeah. But if you don't accept that it's a that you're having a problem of any kind whether it's anxiety or drug addiction or some other, you know, depression whatever it is, then how are you going to find a solution? You're not going to be able yeah. to, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, that's something I think that is definitely a very strong characteristic of myself being a mm -hmm. stubborn person is to say, mm -hmm. "Oh, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong. This is just like a freak occurrence. It's a one-time thing." And mm -hmm. in fact, you know, I guess the biggest difference between me and yourself is anxiety's only become a recent thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I should say become a thing rec of recent for me. Yeah. And, you know, I guess now that I think about it, you know, I think there's a difference between anxiety and anxiety attacks. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I have, I've always had like a little bit of anxiety, but it's never mm -hmm. been, I've never really even noticed it. I didn't really start noticing until after I had an anxiety attack. So it wasn't mm -hmm. really a huge problem for me until I had the anxiety attack and I had my first anxiety attack and I think it was November. Yeah, it was November mm -hmm. of last year in 2018 mm -hmm. and I was in the studio and, you know, I've, I've thought back to that moment. And I just wondered like, you know, that day I had a lot of caffeine and pre-workout and stuff like that. So I wondered mm -hmm. if it was from that, but here's the thing. I don't necessarily think so because I've had other days where I've done, you know, I've had that same mm -hmm. kind of caffeine consumption and stuff like that, and I haven't had the problem. So mm -hmm. I started noticing that it's something every once in a while when a lot of things are going really well, it'll build up, build up, build up, build yeah. up, and then it'll just kind of hit me all mm -hmm. at once, and it seems overwhelming, mm -hmm. and I don't even really realize it's overwhelming until the, you know, anxiety attack happens. I've only had about three, to be honest with yeah. you. The first one, as you said, 
you know, is was terrifying. I mean, I actually literally thought I was having a heart attack. I had Grant, mm-hmm. our producer, drive me to the hospital because I didn't know what was going on. Like, I thought I was going to mm-hmm. die. That's how it felt. And I remember Justin, our former drummer, telling me that, you know, anxiety attacks. I remember him always talking about, you know, anxiety attacks feel like you're go- you're you're dying. And I always yeah. was like, hmm, really? You know, I find that hard to, you know, in my head, I was kind of skeptical of that. And then mm-hmm. when it happened to me. I was like, yeah, I definitely see what you mean, you know? And it's something I think anxiety, man, is really underestimated by a lot of people who have never dealt with it. It's impossible to really understand until you deal with it. Depression is a little easier for people to understand just because it's so widely talked about and known about now. But, you know, I never really remembered hearing about anxiety when I was growing up as much. You know, I I, I still think that the majority of the society is not really aware of the significance of these problems. And I know that, you know, most of the people nowadays, they're still sort of programmed to neglect the importance of these issues. Yeah. And even with de- the depression, you know, the thing is that nowadays more people are recognizing the importance of depression, but they don't really get it, you know. Yes. Because for most of the people, depression is being sad or being miserable yeah. and you yeah. know when when a, a normal people is meeting depressed person uh they, they are like well why are you depressed you know you have a yeah. decent life there's nothing for you to be sad about or whatever yeah. the case might be but de- the worst part about depression is that you feel bad and you feel down all the time without no any what. proper reason yeah yeah exactly that's the that's worst real case. depression I, yeah, that's yep. real depression. But, you know, to back to your point, I think it's the same situation with anxiety. People just don't really understand the importance of this problem. And I think the biggest issue with the type of characters that we are when it comes to anxiety is the fact that being stubborn and being, you know, being programmed to kind of go through every single difficult, difficult, thing that we face relentlessly all the time we kind of you know pile up just sort of stressful moments just bad situations and at some point subconsciously they just start acting on us without even us expecting them right right right. and i know and this is how this sort of anxiety attacks occur i guess yeah yeah i think you know there's a i was just thinking about this right at the end when you were saying that i think there's Mm -hmm good forms of anxiety sometimes and there's there's bad obviously the kind we're talking about is the negative type of anxiety the the kind that's a detriment to you as a person right because you know there's the kind of anxiety that i like i I don't really get stage fright or like stage Mm -hmm. nerves before i go on stage or anything like that but i definitely get you know i'm anxious but there's that's Mm -hmm. that's such a different feeling than having anxiety those are two very different things because you know for for a lot of people, you know, the, the, I would call that anxiousness like nerves almost in mm-hmm. a way, right? Nerves are a good thing. That's how you know okay. on the other side of those nerves is a lot of growth, right? So if you're getting nervous, I'm sure like before your TED talk that you gave, yeah. you probably were, you probably had some crazy nerves. You're like, oh man, this thing's being recorded. You know, I don't, I can't really mess this up. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's kind of what would be going through my head at least. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, but that's a good kind of nervous. If you weren't nervous for that, I mean, there's something wrong with you, you know, like it, that's that's at least how I see it. No, that's quite true. But 
you know, I, I've, um, I've written a whole chapter of my book towards this topic. Shameless plug, by the way, no, by my book right away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, I, I, it's pretty much the, the whole topic of this chapter is just describing the difference between fear and premonitions. Oh, and the thing, is that, um, the thing is that, obviously, anxiety is pretty much fear, right? Yeah. But when you have anxiety, when you have um, fears that are not based on facts and on objective details, you're yep. feeling negative emotions, you know? Yes. So, but when you're actually having premonitions, this is, you know, this is your experience telling you what is the right thing to do in a certain situations. And when you're in such a case, you are not experiencing this sort of very negative and very overwhelming experience, you know? Yeah. And that's why I'm always saying that you should objectively assess what's the case with you based on how you feel. Because as you've said to your point, and you're, you're perfectly describing the difference between these things. If you're nervous, obviously you're nervous, but you are not experiencing any negative emotions. You're actually pretty much excited that you yeah. know in right, general right. you actually yep. you actually excited to go through this exciting experience that is in front of you and and, and that's because you have enough information in your head you have enough details to know that obviously this is an important moment but there's nothing for you to worry about essentially but when you have fear it, the fear is based on the fact that it's pretty much unknown. You are, you, you know, you're leaving your fears, your expectations to shape the exact idea of the upcoming experience, right? right? So this is what creates a very negative atmosphere. So there is a way for you to deal with these sort of things, but it just takes such a big level of self-control. So it requires lots of discipline to get to that level, especially if you're easily affected by these sort of things that's such a good point Haristo. i i mm -hmm. think that you know that's a strong distinction and you know something else i was just thinking about is you mentioned before about depression like real depression is you feel awful and you don't know why you know yeah. almost every time actually no every time i've had anxiety attack it's been the same kind of thing i don't know mm -hmm. what's causing it as it's happening yeah. i just feel overwhelmed kind of just like and i couldn't even put my finger on what it is and, you know, mm -hmm. I try to talk through it and I'm like, man, I don't even really know. You know, I don't even know what it is. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I figure I kind of figure it out after a while. But like in the present moment, it doesn't feel as if I could put my finger directly on it. And, know. you know, I've had some depression bouts myself, too. And it's the same thing. It's like you're sitting there. I think that's the hardest thing with, you know, I know a lot of people that have like clinical depression where they feel just terrible all the time, like. Yeah. I am not like that, so I'm not even trying. I can't speak about that at all. But I do have phases of time, and I think everybody, to some to some extent, a lot of people, a lot more people than that lead than lead on other people to believe that you know they don't have depression. But I think people go through depression phases, and yeah. you know, in those, it's you're just kind of like kicking yourself, and I'm kicking myself, and I'm like, what is going on? Why am I feeling like this? Everything's great, in my life. You know, even as, as much gratitude as I could practice and things like that, mm -hmm. even during that phase, it's just something's not clicking. And then eventually something just clicks and it and it starts working again and I'm out of it. But, mm -hmm. you know, during that time, it, it's just kind of, it, it gives me a lot of perspective at least on what, you know, some of my friends and other people I know deal with all the time. And I just cannot mm -hmm. imagine that. It has to be horrible. 
terrible. Yeah. Same thing uh, with anxiety. You know, people have it, really bad anxiety. Oh. True. And, you know, I can say that I have pretty, pretty strong anxiety. And I definitely experienced watch, watch periods of time with depression as well. You yeah. know, this is not oh, something that I have talked about. Stack. But Oof. it's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's very overwhelming. But, um, you know, my, my advice with this has always been, and I've mentioned that before, but don't let this affect your choices. And I'll give yes. you a pretty yes. good example. I'll give you a pretty good example. You know, whenever it comes to important decisions with me, I always have the strongest possible anxiety. I'll doubt everything. Right, you know, right. every single option seems as a bad one for me. You know, and I'm playing this constant monologue between myself and I'm playing the devil's advocate in my, in my head as well. And it's just right. a very, very strange experience. And, you know, when I was... That was during the first year in, in university. I just started mm. doing some journalism work. You know, I was just yeah. grasping the experience of being involved in the music industry. It's been a, a few months, you know. And um, I was provided with the opportunity to interview funeral for friends, you know, oh, which, cool. which yeah. was uh, which was in a city near me. So. You know, I always have very bad anxiety when it comes to traveling in general. It's completely irrational, I know, but it's just how it works. Yeah. And and I got this opportunity and this unlocked such a high level of anxiety with me. I was like, <laughs> I'm not ready for that. This would be stressful. I would fail. This, this wouldn't make sense for me to do it. You know, it's 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 it doesn't really you know have any advantages for me why would i do right. that it's just a waste of time and money or whatever so i was just having this sort of really strong dialogue in my head for like three days right it was so overwhelming really and i don't want to sound you know as something that wants or whatever but it, it's just how <laughs> it is with me you know yeah yeah absolutely it, Speak and, your truth, man. Yeah. yeah, and eventually I overcame that. It was very difficult and I went to the interview. And this was such an eye-opening moment for me. I had one of the best times of my life, you know. And this showed me the importance, you know, this showed me the joy of being in contact with musicians, with artists that understand me. You know, it, it, it showcased yeah. me a whole another part of life pretty much that i can be in touch with the people i've always admired yeah and i can be in touch with people who understand me who are close that we're on the same wavelength with right yeah and in this interview got me motivated to get involved more with that to do more interviews to meet more bands to be to be in touch constantly with musicians and so on so this is pretty much the moment that you know, shape my life even when you think about it. Because if I didn't do that interview, I wouldn't be here, you know? And, you know, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, imagine if you just didn't do that because exactly. of how you were feeling. And exactly. that's why, to me, you know, something that's really helped me, not just with anxiety, but just my, my entire life in general, because you and I have always talked about this, we're, yeah. we're very emotional people. Arguably, mm -hmm. that's why I'm a, uh, you know, a vocalist. That's part yeah. of what I do because... Yeah. I'm an emotional person and I'm able mm -hmm. to, you know, communicate those emotions. But really, you know, if you're going to just live by the fly 
you know, flying with your emotions constantly, then you're basically a prisoner to them. You're, you're, exactly. you're, you're essentially not free, right? Mm-hmm. The ultimate goal, one of the ultimate goals of my life, and I failed to mention this yesterday, but is freedom, um, mm-hmm. financial freedom, um, mental freedom, mm-hmm. um, freedom from what other people think of me, you know, so forth. And mm-hmm. if you're going to be just tied to your emotions, then, or, or these, these moment to moment feelings, even mm-hmm. I'll, I'll use, then you know what? You're never really going to have much of a life, right? Yeah. So discipline is how you get over that. And one of the greatest things that I've, I've, uh, implemented recently is meditation. And I'm going to yeah. talk about this a lot on this podcast because yeah. it's made such a big impact on my life. I never thought I'd be somebody that would do meditation ever, but even like 10 minutes a day, it's made such a big yeah. impact on my life. And, you know, I definitely can in moments when these things are happening, you know, when I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling nervous or upset and angry or whatever, I can stop and think and go, this is simply an emotion. It's like a neurochemical reaction that's happening it's in chemistry, my body. Yeah. I can stop this if I wanted mm-hmm. to. But mm-hmm. if I want it to stay, I can let it stay. And I can yeah. use it to my advantage. Right? So sometimes it's good to feel angry. Sometimes it's good to feel sad because I can take that and I can put that into lyrics yeah. or into writing a vocal part or into writing anything or into this podcast, you know, yeah. whatever. But it's about being able to evaluate how you're feeling. If you just, mm-hmm. if you're just re you know, if you're just living, that's the difference between being, I'm sorry, I'm tripping over my words a lot here. If that's the, that's the difference between being lived and living. So, yeah. you know, to be lived is just to be prisoner to all these things, fear, emotions, mm-hmm. moment to moment feelings. Like imagine if I was feeling tired, like I was before I came on here. And I was just like, Haristo, mm-hmm. Man, I we're not doing this today. I, I'm tired. I'm gonna go take mm-hmm. a nap. That's not discipline. We agree to do something. Yeah, we do it. And on the other side of it, I know I'm gonna feel better regardless, right? Same. Like my energy yeah. levels as we're talking here are increasing, and I feel yeah. a lot better. And I'm glad we did it. You know, so. But there was a there was a moment in my head where I'm like, ah, oh, I could just take a nap, and then I could. No, that's yeah. that is the difference between be again being lived and living because I'm mm-hmm. making the choice exactly. to overcome those emotions or overcome my moment to moment feelings. And that mm-hmm. choice and making those choices in that way is implementing discipline into your life. Exactly. So meditation is definitely helping me increase my discipline. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I completely agree with everything. I think discipline is a key for everything because, right. you know, back to my previous point, I'm still experiencing anxiety and I'm still doubting you know, every opportunity that I'm presenting with on a daily basis. I was experiencing the same level of anxiety when I got the opportunity to be on TV, when I got the opportunity to, to have a TED talk. I had an amazingly big anxiety when I was presented with the opportunity to write the book as well. And, you know, every time when I'm, when I'm, I was presented with these sort of opportunities, I was just thinking back to the, to the whole situation that I told you about before. I was like, I know how I felt then, and I know how it turned out eventually. And you know, um, don't you think that because of how you felt before that made the the result so much sweeter, right? Oh, yeah. Right? You know, like, that's that's the thing. Nothing, you know, it's so cliche to say, but like, you know, nothing worth having comes easily. Yeah. I think it kind of is is what 
you know, that saying is aiming for. Like, cliches have a lot of truth to them. Pretty yeah. much all of them. That's why they're cliches, right? True. And, and if you spend time actually thinking about them, you could see them implement in your life. And that's definitely something I could see because if you if you didn't feel nervous about that interview, then how would you really feel that great afterwards? Exactly. You know? Because you transcended that emotion and, and the negative feelings you had and you overcame all that stuff. Like, you know, to get in your car... Another great example from my friend <laughs> who came from rehab recently, uh, which by the way, eventually he's an amazing dude, very smart. Um, it just goes to show that tr- drug addiction has no socioeconomic boundaries at all. But shout out he, to your friend. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not gonna <laughs> na- drop his name until he wants <laughs> yeah. to. But anyway, um, you know, you know, he was talking about one of the re- exercises they went through in rehab mm-hmm. was a lot of people once they've, you know, basically conditioned themselves to have drugs overcome these feelings we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. They look at that incorrectly, right? So like if you mm-hmm. if you feel sad and then you go do drugs because you feel sad, you there's a lot of steps in between feeling sad and then choosing so there's a lot of steps, right? You you're feeling sad, then you're choosing to go do drugs. You yeah. have to get in your car you have to get the money, you have to go buy them, then you have to, once you've bought them, you have to do them. Like, it's not just a one-step thing. Like, mm-hmm. and the reason I bring that up is because of what you were talking about with the traveling to get mm-hmm. to the interview, right? So yeah. there were so many steps you had to keep pushing through during that phase. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as simple as just deciding, I'm going to do it. You mm-hmm. had to decide you were going to do it. Then you had to travel mm-hmm. to make that happen. You had to prepare for the interview. You had to do the interview. And once you yeah. did the interview, you had to post the interview, right? Yeah. So there's so many different steps. You could have said, at any point along that way, you could have said, nope. But yeah. every time you said, yes, I'm going to do it. And you and you kept going forward. <laughs> and that's really all it is. It's just a bunch <laughs> of decisions to mm-hmm. not let those emotions and feelings and anxiety or depression uh, depression is a little different. I don't want to speak about that as much because mm-hmm. my experience isn't as high with it. Mm-hmm. But it's just the choice not to let those things control you. You're yeah. the driver's seat. Put the emotions and anxiety and stuff in the in the passenger seat along for the ride. We can grab them when we need them, but we don't we don't want to have them driving our car for lack yeah. of a better term. You know, I don't want them so, flying my plane over the uh, Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, so so well put, and this is actually another very important point you know that i wanted to make and you you brought it you brought it up very very accurately you know something a very important fact that most of the people kind of neglect when it comes to anxiety and depression and stuff like that is the fact that obviously it occurs with you know quite emotional oriented people you know at least more than the average right yeah and so it's you know as it's perceived these people um kind of perceive and accept every emotion 10 times as the regular oh. people do right yep. Yep. so that's why they they you know they experience any negative emotional feeling 10 times the worse but at the same time a thought that very much helped me is the fact that i've acknowledged that following the same tendency and following this characteristic trait of my profile, following the same logic, I would experience the positive emotions and the positive experience 10 times better than everyone else, which is quite correct, right? Um, it's actually as, scientifically correct. Yeah. No, exactly. there's a lot of science behind that. 
Um, The first person that really turned me on to that was my mom because Mm -hmm. she actually is exactly how you and I are. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she had her doctor tell her at a young age, literally exactly 10, you know, the 10 times thing. That's that's proven by science. Um, Oh, amazing. So, um, you know, I I don't there's probably a study out there that's going to prove what I just said wrong. But I'm pretty sure that's almost there's again, it's probably like there's like a spectrum of that. But, you know. There, you've people on the extreme ends of that spectrum. I'd say I'm probably towards more <laughs> of an extreme end for sure. Yeah. And, you know, the unfortunate and fortunate part is, at least in my life, that is what makes me, you know, a good artist and communicator exactly. through lyrics and stuff like that because I feel that stuff. So mm-hmm. if I didn't feel it, like, it's very hard to look at somebody else's depression or something and be like, yeah, how, how's that bothering you? Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and write about that. There's just, there's no comparison to if you're feeling it and then mm-hmm. you can communicate about it, you know? You know, when I was in high school, obviously just in the midst of my emo period, you know, <laughs> j- jamming Three Days Grace, they just oh, dropped yeah. out a, a song called yeah. Pain. And, you yeah. know, oh, I was yeah. in eighth grade yep. and there was a line in the song saying, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering it up, but it, it, it kind of said, um, I would rather feel pain than nothing at all. Yeah. You know, yep. and yep. I, and I kind of, you know, at the time I was like, I didn't really understand it. You yeah. know, I, I it didn't really ring any bells with me. But with the time after, you know, I've got involved into music and I kind of realized my, what my true passion is. I completely understood that because as emotional people, as, as artists, you know, as people involved in music, we kind of need that creativity. We, we yeah. just need to experience emotions, re- whether they are positive or negative, because this is how we function best. You know, we need something to express. And I think there is nothing worse for an artist or creative person in general to experience than feeling nothing at all, than experience well, non-emotions. I mean, I think there's nothing worse for anybody, really, because if you think yeah. about it, apathy is really what you're talking about, right? When you're not yeah. feeling either emotion, it's you're talking about apathy. And yeah. really, I mean, who? why would you want that, you know? I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm i a big fan of a guy named Aubrey Marcus. He has his own podcast, and he's like a business owner and stuff, too. But, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about this a lot. And it's like, you know, I'd rather feel pain and suffering and uh despair and anxiety and things like that then feel nothing right yeah i honestly yes. and i mean that because i'll tell you exactly why mm-hmm. when i feel like that on the other side of that every single time every time something good comes yeah whether it's for in business whether it's in music whether it's in working out I learned something about myself. It doesn't matter. I do, I become a stronger person every single time. Yes. But if I just try to end those um, those feelings through, I don't know, anything, like drugs or whatever, then that would totally erase what comes on the other side of that. And usually, like you said, it's for every, you know, for every time you're feeling awful, mm-hmm. on the other side is positive emotion if you learn yeah. how to channel it. I think the, I always tell people this, the greatest, I always, when people are like super depressed or super, you know, emotional and stuff like that, I see so Mm -hmm. much potential in those people because if you learn how to channel that correctly, oh, you could be so powerful. 
And you can improve so many people's lives and your own, especially your own life, right? Because yeah. if you learn how to take and transcend a negative emotion and a negative experience into a positive experience, I don't think there's anything more useful in life. Seriously. I mean, think about it. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens to you, you're able to get something out of it. Always. Yeah. Because you can't control these things happening to you, but you can control how you react to them. And I'm telling you, when I was in high school, that was the greatest skill I ever learned was channeling mm -hmm. I I was always like a very like I'm a very passionate person. Sometimes the mm -hmm. the passion could turn into anger and and yeah. emotion and things like that and anybody who's passionate understands that. And sometimes I would just I actually it's funny. I d didn't have two closet doors on my closet cuz I punched them and I broke them <laughs> and I and they weren't hadn't been there for years. And the th the thing is instead of I learned that is so stupid. There's nothing that comes to that. I'm breaking yeah. something. I'm going to break my hand. I'm going to, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's pointless. Why don't I go to the gym? Why don't I write a riff? Why don't I yeah. write some lyrics? Why don't I write some thoughts? And once I learned how to do that and conditioned myself to do that, my life totally changed in, yeah. in every single way, man. And because I knew that no matter what was happening to me, I had at, at minimum two things I could do right away that would make me feel better. Writing, yeah. writing or playing music or going to the gym. Yeah. And 10 years later, I'm still doing both of those. And they are, they are such a major part of my life now. And if I never felt those negative emotions so strongly, it would have never led me to that. So I, I encourage people, like whatever it is for you, you know, find how to take those negative emotions and negative experiences and take them and turn them into something. Because mm -hmm. I could see how people what I was talking about with uh, meditation before, I could see how people would get mm -hmm. confused and say, well, so what? You're just not supposed to feel any emotion. If you can, if you can control how you feel in every, in every situation, then why wouldn't you just not ever feel bad? Right? Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying th th being able to control that might be the difference between when somebody cuts you off on the road, mm -hmm. you know, when you're driving mm -hmm. overreacting that or saying, you know, when somebody pisses you off, saying something to them that just should not be said, and it's a heat of the moment thing, that's where meditation comes into play. Save that anger and then channel it later. You know, mm -hmm. just channel it later. Exactly. I think there's so much there's so much value in that, and I'm seeing that a lot more as I get older. Because before you couldn't have convinced me to do that. <laughs> there's uh, that's so valid as well. You know, there's um, another part of my book, shameless plug again, buy my book. We're talking about it. Because no, I mean it's it's very relevant to everything we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, it, it is, it is. And you know, I'm saying that um especially when you're concentrated on self-development, which was a topic that we kind of briefly discussed already. But um yeah. there's nothing better for you than negative experience because negative experience it gets you out of your comfort zone. Yes. It presents you with unexpected circumstances that require you for you to take charge of what you do and take big decisions and to really implement your will into action, right? So yeah. honestly, this is just to your point. There's so much positives in every sort of situation, especially negative as well as we're talking about, that you can bring to your benefit. And I'll give another example from my personal experience. Can you guess... I'm asking you, can you guess what's the reason why I started UAC management? Oh, man. You know, that's something we never talked about. Um, I know. I, 
I assume it has something to do with. That's you know that's a great question. I, I, I mean, know. I I know that you had some experience playing music yourself, right? Yeah. No, so, but I'm asking what caused the emotional state for me to actually listen. Oh, to the oh, oh, oh. Um. Well, I'll start with the I'll start with the obvious one. Did you have a breakup of some kind in a relationship? Jesus, you nailed it right away. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I say that is because no, seriously, and that's once you. I, I think it's a great time to pivot into talking about that stuff because yeah, I, I'd love to hear that story because every time somebody says something and they make a big life decision like that, it's usually after some sort of major breakup or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had a massive breakup. You know, this was pretty much during my universe during the yeah. second year of my university. You know, I met a girl for the first time that really understood me. We were on the same wavelength. So I, for the first time ever, I had an emotional connection with a girl. So <laughs> it was a yeah. very close experience to me, you know. Oh, absolutely. And obviously, obviously, this ended quite badly, you know. Oof. And as the yeah. emotional person I am, that and you probably all know that already. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I took it really badly. I took it really hard. I'm talking a few days. I was a complete mess. You know, yeah. a complete mess. And there was this one day I was like, I don't want to be like that. That's pathetic. You know, <laughs> I'm just laying in my yeah. bed and just overthinking about That's stupid such stuff. an awful feeling. Yeah. I was like, I just want to do something and I right. need to use this energy rather than torturing myself and just put it in something that can create something positively. Right. So this is how it all started, you know. And even yeah. my closest friends nowadays, you know, because they know about the whole experience and they're, they're talking, well, they're asking me, what's your, you know, what's your approach towards that girl now? I mean, are you mad at her for the whole thing or whatnot? And I'm like, there's <laughs> no, I, I can be more thankful to her, <laughs> you know, for yeah, this, yeah. for the fact that I was in touch with her because otherwise I wouldn't be here, you know? Yeah. And. It we wouldn't is... be having this podcast. We, I exactly. wouldn't even know you, you know. I mean, it's just, the problem is when you're in the heat of that moment. Like I just said, it's, even while I'm, you know, doing this podcast right now. Yeah. You know, this is the only time I'm presently existing is in this moment right now. So it's, yeah. I, I can't look forward and look back at the same time. Mm -hmm. I can only look back to, you know, yesterday or what I did before I came here. And then I can make sense of it, right? Mm -hmm. And you can now look at back at that breakup you had and see, like, man, if it was not for that, I wouldn't be... I mean, let's, let's face it. You would not be doing anything you're doing right now. Not the, at is kind of what pushed you into this yeah. this sphere of, of yeah. being bold. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, you probably mm -hmm. always were like that, but, you know, I'm talking about, like, in truly in manifestation in life, right? Yeah, yeah. And, that's why it's always so interesting to me is that, you know, sure. I mean, let's be honest here. When something like that happens, like it's easy to be like, yeah, as soon as it happens, just go ahead and sit down and start writing about it. No, like you got to let that stuff eat you yeah, up yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah, Let it yeah. kill you a little bit. And even if you don't want to let it kill you, it's, I promise you, if you've never experienced it, it's going to. And mm -hmm. But again, on the other side of that is a lot of positivity, especially, you know, I kind of, I had this realization the other day that basically, you know, I, my entire life is a product of things like you're talking about right now. 
mm-hmm. breakups and um, things. Like, they always have pushed me mm-hmm. to be something more and to focus yes. on myself more. Because I guarantee you, when you had that breakup happen, you're like, man, I need to just focus on myself more. Mm-hmm. I need to just come down, build my own life, and I will attract the right person into my life when the time's yes. right. Am I right in saying that? Yes, completely. Every, virtually every entrepreneur Strong. I know who yeah. was an, who's become an entrepreneur when they're not um, you know, dating somebody or something like that, mm. they all have the same uh, way of looking at that for the most part, for yeah. the most part, because, you know, you want to attract the right person in your life. Um, mm-hmm. And when I say entrepreneur, you know, I, I'm using that in a kind of vague sense. I mean, to me, a musician's an entrepreneur. To me, a business owner's an entrepreneur. It's anybody mm-hmm. that is willing to take risks because that's yes. literally what the word entrepreneur means. It means mm-hmm. bearer of risk in Latin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anybody that's willing to take risks like that. And you have to, you want to focus on bringing somebody into your life. I don't care if it's a friend or a girlfriend or a, if you're a girl, a boyfriend, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Better make damn sure that person understands you and gets yeah. what you want to aim for in your life. Because just like we talked about in the last episode, it's most people are just not going to get it. They're not going to align no. with you. But man, when you find somebody that does... And then it ends or something like that. That's really hard to deal with, you know. It is. It's really, it it's is. really, it's really hard because there's just not a lot of people out there like that. Yeah, and because we as entrepreneurs, and I'm using it as the same sense in you yeah. as well. You know, yeah. just strongly willing people that have certain objectives in life and certain approach towards them. You know, again, we are very we're. We are successful and we do what we do because we have the ability to emotionally invest in whatever we do. You know, we completely dedicate ourselves to the case that we're working at, right? Yeah. And this includes this includes relationships as well. When we meet a partner of any sort, we do invest in this relationship. Yes. You know? Yes. We we get dependable on the said person. We get you know, we rely on them. So there is yeah. a very strong connection there. And when this bond is broken, there is a very negative effect on us. And I have uh, sorry, go, go ahead. No, no, I, I was actually finishing. So no, no, I just you just triggered me thinking of somebody that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a somebody I used to work with um, mm-hmm. back when I worked in retail, and you know, I became pretty close with her and you know, when you work in retail, I mean, there's like hours go by where you're just standing there and you don't have anything to talk about. So mm-hmm. I inevitably would hear about a lot of the girls relationships that I was around all the yeah. time. And, you know, I try to always tell them cause a lot of them were like my age or like our age mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they just seemed to be so obsessed with trying to find somebody. And I was yeah. like, and they were neglecting themselves in the process mm-hmm. and, and focusing on themselves. And I'm like, man, this is such an important time in your life. I mean, you know, my former business partner, this is another thing we can talk about. I don't want to talk about in this episode, but I had a business failure <laughs> last year. Um, but, you know, I'm super close to my business partner, very mm-hmm. similar minded to you and I, mm-hmm. super bold dude. And we talk about this all the time. It's like, you know, you 18 to like 25 is such a like turning point thing yeah. time period in your life not necessarily like you got to be successful by the time you're 25 or something like that but what you do during that time really sets up the rest of your life yeah, in a lot of ways yeah. there's always going to be people who you know defy the the rules and leave corporate life in the middle mm-hmm. of you know their career or stuff like that but the large majority of people are going to are going to decide the path in their life 
during that time, right? Mm -hmm. If you're obsessed with finding a partner during that time period, you're going to neglect yourself and you're not going to be thinking clearly. And listen, I understand that that's such an important part of life. Like it's something I struggle with mightily all the time, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm because I go through these phases of I'm so independent. I don't need anybody and blah, blah. And then it just kind of things pile up. And I'm like, man, my life would be so much better if I had somebody yeah. in my life. Yeah. I think everybody, everybody that's in our yeah. situation goes through that constantly. Yeah. I mean, everybody I've ever talked to goes through that. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're the there's the, there's that extreme. And then there's the other extreme where you're just constantly looking for somebody. I mean, literally, like, you know, the one girl I'm talking about, she had a relationship for like three years. It ended two days later. She was on dating sites trying to find not just like somebody to, you know, help her forget, help her forget about the other person, but somebody to literally date. I'm like, man, that's crazy. Not because you're insane. I understand where you're coming from. You want to feel needed and desired. And, you know, I get that. But that's so unhealthy for yourself. You need to you need to take time to focus on yourself and. I just never understood that, you know? I've never understood that at all. I can't I can't picture being like that. Maybe that's just because of how I'm wired and how I was brought up and things like that, but that's just so foreign to me. And I think that, you know, if if people could just gain some perspective and realize, like, especially at our age now, mm-hmm. or younger than us, people that are younger than you and I, we're both 25, and mm-hmm. if people could just realize, like, focus on yourself, be selfish yeah. in this point of your life because if you're not selfish, you're not going to get the best relationship that you can have, period. Yeah. You're not going to have the best life that you can have. Use this mm-hmm. time to set up your life and the right person will come into your life at, at, at the point necessary. And I know that for a fact because I've watched this happen to other people. Yeah, yeah, I completely I completely agree. And, you know, I can't really comprehend the whole um, mentality of people as you know, as the one that you've described as well, because I'm seeing this sort of personalities everywhere, and I just yeah. don't understand it as well. Because I'm like, you, you, you do realize that you you are dedicating your life, your potential yeah. to someone else. Yes, you know? it, yes. it shouldn't be like that. No. I mean, you should be your own person. Develop yourself. You know, reach for your potential. Reach your capacity. And fair enough, I complete. You know, I completely re- relate with everything you said. You know, I also have these sort of moments where I don't need anyone, but at the same yeah. time, you know, I have these yeah. moments where I feel that I would be empowered if I had the right person beside yeah. me or whatever. But you should, you should distinguish the needs and the desire for such a oh person, such a know? good point yes, yes. <laughs> no 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 that's it's, so true yes it's, that's it's such just a good such point. a crucial it's just such a crucial part because objectively if we really needed someone like that we wouldn't this wouldn't be just a momentum thing you know we would be experiencing yeah. this every single day but we're experiencing this need just in certain situations where we would feel down, where we would need emotional support of some sort. But if you're experiencing this need for compassion from a person just in certain cases, this doesn't mean that you need partner. This, ju- this means that you just need emotional support, which might come from your parents, from your friend, or from your favorite artist as well for that matter, you know? Yeah. So it's just important. Don't dedicate your lives 
just other people. It's just invest in yourself. First of all, you're on fire today, man. You're, <laughs> uh, you're making up for me because I'm having a lackluster showing today. But, you know, seriously, I mean, that's so true. And that's such a good point because you, you don't need that. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to die if you don't have yeah. a relationship. Yeah. I have a, my, my uncle, who is a very successful entrepreneur. He's not mm-hmm. married. He's one of the happiest per- people I know. That's not to say that. Everybody who's not married is happy. That's not what I'm saying. Just like everybody who's married is not miserable or happy. There's exactly different things. You know what? It's cliche. Different strokes for different folks or whatever mm-hmm. like that. It's true, right? So mm-hmm. you don't need that. Which you you want that. And I mm-hmm. always tried to break that down for her because she's one of my good friends, the girl mm-hmm. I'm talking about. And she just couldn't wrap her mind around it. And I think a lot of it has to come back. Like when I think about it, because my sister is very much the way that I am. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it comes back to how I was raised. My yeah. parents um, always gave me a lot of support and have always supported me and, and made me feel you know loved and cared for and things like that. And you know if you don't if you didn't have that experience growing up, I would imagine that you constantly be seeking that, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's honestly again another cliche and it's kind of you know people joke about it, but it's definitely a real thing. A lot of girls that have bad relationships with their fathers definitely are seeking yeah. a you know a relationship sort of with figure in their yeah work, because yeah. because they never had it like mm-hmm. that's not and you know I I used to <laughs> I had a relationship with somebody before and she was when I would make statements like that she got super offended and say it was sexist it's not sexist if it's true <laughs> yeah. it's it's proven in psychology so yeah. that's not sexist it's it's true. And just like there's a lot of, of men in this world who didn't yeah. have a lot of who didn't have good relationships or never had a mother, and they're yeah. constantly seeking a that presence from a woman. It just mm-hmm. that it's reality. You're a human yeah. being, and there's certain things that we need. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't need to have mm-hmm. a relationship. We want mm-hmm. to have one, and there's very good reason for that because there's a lot of good things that can come from it. But mm-hmm. You know what's really you know what's worse than not having a relationship, having a bad relationship. Bad that's relationship, what's, yeah. That's really bad. <laughs> you know, having a toxic bad relationship Jeez. is not good. And I I learned my lesson with that. I yeah. I I had that. I didn't let it go on very long, but I you know again I just I I am friends. I just I know a lot of girls. <laughs> I'm trying to phrase this in the least offensive way possible. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of girls that I I watch them stay in these horribly toxic relationships mm-hmm. and they 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 never come out of them they won't they just for some reason they won't come out of them mm-hmm. and i always think and i'm like you just don't you love yourself enough you if mm-hmm. you really loved yourself and respected yourself enough you would never put up with that you know mm-hmm. for a certain extent you would put up for it for a little bit i put up with it for a little bit but after a while it's like man fuck you like you know yeah. like yeah. seriously i mean not to not to be rude but like you, I, I know what I'm worth, and that's what goes back mm-hmm. to our last episode when you were talking about self worth and and yeah. building yourself up and developing yourself. You know, when you've done that for so long, you have expectations mm-hmm. for your life, and in your life, part of those expectations are relationships, whether it's a business partnership, mm-hmm. whether it's a client relationship, an intimate relationship, whatever it is, friendship. You you start to demand different things, right? Yes. You start to demand. Yes different expectations because you know what you're worth. And Mm -hmm. if you just go through these constant cycles of not having that 
time of individuality to grow, mm-hmm. it's very hard to develop that self-worth. It's very hard. You know, one of my best friends, I was the best man in their wedding. They have such a good, they're married. They've been married since we were 21. They have such a good relationship. It's honestly amazing to me um, because they were able to, they've been able to grow as individuals by themselves and collectively together. That yeah. is very rare for people. That's our age. amazing. Yeah. Almost everybody I know who's been in like long relationships at a young age, they, I feel as if they that were super smothering relationships. They miss so many growth phases that yeah. I went through. I'm not saying that I'm better off because than those people because of it. There's things that I missed in relationships, so to speak, that they gained. You know, there's it's a trade off. Mm-hmm. That's what life is. But, of course. You know, my my friends I'm talking about, they they just seem to have <laughs> figured it out, and I think it's amazing, honestly. In fact, I actually encourage them to start a podcast to talk about that kind of stuff <laughs> because because they're they they've got it nailed down. You know, they've they've had trouble and hiccups in their relationship but that's any relationship right you know that's just the way things work but they've been able to work through those and they're so much better because of it and it's amazing to see people grow like that both as two individuals and collectively as a group because too many times relationships it's just the individual gets lost and it's just about the you know the relationship and and that's it right (laughs) so i think that's super important yeah Firstly, we should invite these guys. <laughs> I think that would be, <laughs> no, that would be a good conversation. Well, and my, uh, my, the friend I'm talking about, who mm-hmm. I was the best man at the wedding, he also owns his own company. So, you Fantastic. know, and the, the wife is a, she teaches yoga. She's a job. She's a blog. Like they're both, su- that's oh, what I'm saying. They're both super like driven people and they're great people on top of it. They're really good people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm honored to be their friend, to be honest with you. And it's, it's something that, it's truly amazing to watch. You know, it's it's amazing because I I don't see in my life anybody else really pulling that off my age. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, it all comes back to emotional maturity, I believe. Especially yeah. You know, when it comes to relationships of any sort, it's I, I think a, a very big misconception and a very big mistake is the fact that people you know, especially when it comes to finding the right partner or whatnot, people try to not really go and respect the actual qualities and the actual character of the person that they're interested in, but they're yes. trying to develop their own idea of the said person to project their absolute ideal version of their partner on the person that yeah. they're interested in, which obviously creates such a big discrepancy in terms of qualities, in terms of character and whatnot, you know? And ultimately, this brings this very sort of bad negative experiences, which I think is the main problem, you know? As you've said, if you know yourself enough, if you know your qualities, if you know what you need, you would be able to find what you need rather than just seek for something that you don't even know what exactly you're searching for and just hope for the best results. You know, that's, I couldn't agree with that anymore, man. And Mm -hmm. it all starts. And that's one of my biggest themes that I'm always going to be sharing this podcast is, is understanding Mm -hmm. yourself. I mean, virtually every, you know, Sam Harris, the guy that I use for uh, the meditation app, who also has Mm -hmm. a great podcast. I recommend checking out, you know, he always talks about how nearly every single misstep you take in your life is just 
a lack of understanding yourself in the situation mm-hmm. and, and being able to look and, and stop for a second and say, okay, is this really what I should be doing right now? Does this mm-hmm. align with the kind of life? Does this next step I'm about to take align with the kind of life I want to have? I mean, you know, every nearly everything is just a lack of misunderstanding. And mm-hmm. I have a great example of this, and it's a very unfortunate example. It's, um, you know, the, at the time you and I are recording this, last I guess night here, it would have been during the day mm-hmm. in New Zealand, the shooting, the shooting yeah. that the uh, uh, mass shooting that happened there, mm-hmm. you know, it's over bigotry and misunderstanding and just not properly understanding and hating because you can't understand the person who committed that was Islamophobic. just doesn't understand the mm-hmm. other person. You can not want to participate in somebody's faith and things like that, but it's, you're just you're not taking the time to understand it. And nearly every single problem in this world is based on that. It's a based on not understanding yourself. Why do I hate that person? Mm-hmm. Because they're Muslim or a different skin color than me, mm-hmm. or because they, you know, they like different music or they vote different politically than me. It's like, if you take a step back and understand that person's just different than me. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. They're just yeah. different than me. And you know, it's it's like I was watching something last night after that happened, and it's just like ironic that when you know if, uh, when uh, um, America was moving out west here, they called mm-hmm. the uh, Native Americans savages, right? Yeah. And really, who's the savage in that equation? Because the the Americans that were moving out west were were basically decimating the Native American tribes. Who's mm-hmm. the savage? The yeah. savage is you. You're yeah. the one committing the atrocity, right? And it's not just a, I'm not I'm not some like America hater. I love living where I do. I love this mm-hmm. country. But it's like you just have to be objective, right? It's like yeah. who's the one doing this here? It's just like the last night in the in the shooting in that church. It's mm-hmm. like who's the who's the savage? It's you. You're the one committing this crime. You're the one committing this heinous act. But again, I go back to it's just a it's not properly understanding it and being introspective and I think that's one of the biggest failures of our culture right now is we have so many people running around who just, they don't understand themselves and they don't understand anybody else. And when you have both those things, it's a recipe for disaster and you have this, it's global. It's, it exists in Europe. It exists in America. It exists in Asia. It exists everywhere throughout the globe. And it's just a lack of like growth. I mean, that's such a basic thing. You know, it's not hard to understand. Uh, at least I don't think. <laughs> uh, uh, I completely agree. You know, I find it... I've always found that so ridiculous. You know, I I don't understand why people divide themselves into groups in terms of where they live, what yeah. they believe in, what's the color of their skin, or whatever the case might be. We're literally one species. We well, you all know- feel, experience the same Exactly. And you know what's you know what's interesting? The the reason that people feel that way and and do that kind of things is deeply rooted in our in our evolution, our biology. It's because, you know, if you think about it like this, we used to live in smaller groups and smaller tribes, and Mm -hmm. everybody in our tribe looked like us, right? So if Mm -hmm. some invader came in that looked different, that's terrifying. I mean, that honestly back then, that's a horrifying experience. That happened for so long that it's encoded in us. Um, in our in our DNA and in our, in our, mm-hmm. in our brains, right? 
So, but is that a good excuse to to live like that? You should, we have, again, we have the information. What I just mm-hmm. said and what I talked about, I'm not trained, I'm not a trained, like, evolutionary biologist or <laughs> yeah. psychologist or something like that. I've just read and I understand enough about that. And that's why, that's the same reason, I actually wrote an article about this before. Mm-hmm. That's the same reason that, you know, people like sports are so big in America, uh, fo- mm-hmm. uh, uh, American football is so yeah. big here. And that's the reason that, like, people love the Pittsburgh Steelers where I live, and hate the New England Patriots. There's no actual rationality in that at all. I mean, both teams have players, majority of players are not from the cities. I mean, virtually none, actually, for the most part. They're just playing and wearing a jersey. Well, that's the Mm -hmm. same thing of, like, it goes back to our tribal nature, our, Mm -hmm. our tribalistic nature, where we would go to war with another tribe, and we just wanted our tribe to win because it meant good results for us. And that's Again, mm-hmm. it's it's not that simple, but it's that's definitely there. But again, what you you know the point you made, it's like we're one species. We should be past yeah. this phase. I mean, especially yeah. in the information age, and that's why I go back to why is this stuff not taught in education? I mean, seriously, I that would solve so many problems. Hey, the reason why you might feel um, you know disdain towards a culture you don't understand is because this is where you came from. This is how this happened. Why should I have to learn? Why should I? I didn't learn that till I was like 22 years old. Yeah. I should learn that in first grade. <laughs> right? You know? It's, it drives me nuts, man. And, we could solve know, a lot of problems, a lot of tragedies. We just fucking actually... I'm about to get mad, so I'm just going to calm down. <laughs> but, I mean, we really could just... We could solve so many problems in this world if we just oriented ourselves properly yeah. and, and made sure that the younger upcoming generations learn stuff that was actually relevant and actually mattered you know mm-hmm. it's I, I think this goes back to the point that we we're discussing during the last episode as well it's it, it goes back to the fact that you know no one is really interested in 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 how to be as humane as possible in order to how to function as a person you know Rather than, you know, people are basing their feelings and they're basing their emotions on some sort of, you know, specified facts or specified information that it might not be even relevant to the, to the specific case. Yeah. But, you know, no one is really trying and aiming to have an objective view of the matter. But it's, it's you know, I, I think it's a tragic thing. It, 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 it really is. I mean, but, uh, there. I mean, I guess the the real problem is there's not like an easy solution. You know, everything, virtually everything we talk about on this podcast, there's not really an easy solution for any of this stuff. Yeah. The problem is, it takes nuance, right? It takes nuance mm-hmm. to understand the details of a problem and of a situation. It's never as simple as just you read something and you glance over it and you glance over the next. Book. It's not like that, and that's the problem. One of my biggest things with education is it's always, it's very unnuanced in a lot of ways. Good teachers that I've had were very nuanced. Uh, Mm -hmm. Quite possibly going back to what I was talking about, the best teacher I ever had, I hated him at the time was in like my 10th grade year, which been like my sophomore year of high school was a guy who he spent a month teaching us. It was a global studies class where we were learning about, you know, other cultures and stuff. He spent a month teaching us about Islam. And the reason he did it was because I live, I grew up in a community that was literally like 98% uh, white and Mm -hmm. everybody was Christian. 
And everybody hated Muslims, especially because I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people did mm-hmm. because of 9-11 happening here and, you know, the mm-hmm. <laughs> all that stuff. So what he did was such a was such a um, was so good and so true. Edu- it was it was true education for mm-hmm. the people in my class and stuff like that, because we understood their faith and then we walked away. It's like, oh, these these people are like us, you know, mm-hmm. they want the same, again, same thing. They want the same things in life. They want to be happy. Mm-hmm. They want to have rewarding lives. No matter what yes. your belief system is, you want to have rewarding yeah. lives. We all want the same thing. We want to, we want to be cared for. We want to care for other people. But mm-hmm. you know, then there's of course evil people that aren't like that. But the majority of people, almost, almost everybody's like that. Yeah. And it's a shame that, you know, in, in the world today that you have people like what happened last night, like what we were talking about with the, the shooting in New Zealand that defy that there's always going to be people outliers that defy that, but everybody we do, we want the same things. No matter what we look like, where we're from, what language we speak, yeah. it doesn't matter. We all want the but same things. This and is, this is the essence. That. Yeah. This is the essence of the human nature. You know, we follow the same basic instincts, regardless of where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, you desire happiness, you desire fulfillment you have instinctive needs regardless of their nature and everyone on this earth every person on this earth is based on the same very same concept so regardless of how 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 you address regardless of what you do on your sundays or whatever the case yeah. might be it's all the same you want to be fed you want to be in your comfort zone you want to you know to have a family to be understood to be yeah. happy to have a sense of fulfillment. So I don't think that's that hard to understand, you know? It's it's, it's just something that is foreign to a large majority of people. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I I don't... I, I understand why. It's just hard for me to... The part that's hard for me to understand is why, again, why it's not taught, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, if I ever have kids someday, that is something... That will be one of the first things I teach them and instill mm-hmm. in them is, hey, you know, no matter what somebody looks like, what's, you know, how they talk, but I mean, a perfect example, Haristo, is you and I, because you, yeah. you've grown up halfway across the world from me in a yeah. smaller community. And I grew up in a smaller community here. Your native language is not English, right? Your yeah. native language is Bulgarian, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And you and I want the same things in life. We want exactly, exactly. the same things. We react to things the same way. Guess what? Because you and I are the same species. Amazing, yeah. right? We're both yeah. homo sapiens. We're both human beings. We want <laughs> exactly. the same things. It's mm-hmm. not hard to understand. It's not like I'm a I'm a cat and you're a dog. That's not how it works. Yeah. Like L- it, it's just not that hard for people to understand. And I could go on about this all day. We should we should wrap this up. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, no, I just can't. Topic, I can't. You know, it, yeah. It's hard for me to understand sometimes. It, it really it really is hard. It really is very frustrating for me as well you know and i think that i think that's one of the reasons that we subconsciously were attracted to the concept of music as yes. a culture as well yes because with music we were you know we all based our participation into into the culture of the whole community based on our human perceptions you know yes with music it's not important where you're coming from what language you speak if you relate to the words if you relate to the emotion you know you form a community there which is such an important aspect that can be applied everywhere 
you know? And yeah, it, man. it should be applied to everywhere, but uh, I, I guess I, I, I kind of agree with you that that's a bit easier said than done. And it requires a lot of effort, but I it's think just it's, something that... It's a winning example, you know? It's, it's a generational you, struggle. You know, yeah. like we were talking about in the last episode. It's yeah. something that our generation is going to have to instill and, and fight for because, you know, as we're becoming a globally inter- integrated, um, you know, species, mm-hmm. now it's like there's no excuse for not understanding that. There's, there's yeah. literally no excuse. I mean, I could understand... In the you know the 1940s and 50 like World War II kind of thing, mm-hmm. looking you know Americans or Europeans looking at the Japanese and thinking there's some foreign species because yeah. you just didn't have experience with them right mm-hmm. like I, I mean ethically morally and scientifically that's not true right but no, no, no. I couldn't blame somebody then because they didn't have that experience now we have experience with all peoples of all cultures right so there mm-hmm. is no excuse anymore there's no excuse for that and. Mm-hmm. The only way that, you know, it's now, in my opinion, is somebody's fault if they think like that. It's it's up to you. You have the power to overcome that yourself and, and become educated and learn about these things because we live in the information age. That's why it's called the information age. Right. And because the information is available to you. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yeah, I was about to go into education rant. But we, <laughs> we we've been gone for like an hour now. But honestly, you know, I think at the end of the day, our main, my main, you know, theme in this episode has been, you know, take your negative and your negative emotions, your negative experiences, even like me getting mad about, you know, what I was just talking about. Yeah. Like me being mad about that isn't going to solve any of those problems, but me going and writing a song or, um, you know, going to the gym and working out or writing an or article. even expressing your thoughts right now yeah you know, yeah can or change exactly. the perceptions of of, of the it's listener. so much better to me yes, to express them through this platform which is why i'm mm-hmm. so happy where we've done this than me mm-hmm. to go scream at my wall i mean <laughs> what would that solve nothing yeah it would solve nothing and it just i think that's truly how we're going to change the world not just you and i but people in general is yeah do people doing this right what mm-hmm. we're, you and I are doing right now, making a platform for ourselves to spread positivity and, and mm-hmm. encouragement and, you know, bold action and courageous action and to stand up. Because you know what, man? There's a lot of people out in this world that I know that would not be willing to talk about what you and I are talking about right now. Not at all. And yeah. it's just a choice to do it. And mm-hmm. that's what I leave you guys with today. So that's how I feel. <laughs> I honestly have nothing to add to that. I think that's such a great point to finish on. So, All right. Well, thank you guys so much. As always, second episode's now in the books. We'll see you next time for episode number three on the Boldcast. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Boldcast. You can support the show by leaving a review on whatever platform you listen on. Make sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on both at the Boldcast.